Welcome to Victory Church's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. You know, I'm going to um, just continue from this morning. I was talking about the Father's love. And I was just thinking as we were um, singing, you know, Scripture, God so loved the world. God so loved me. God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son. God so loved the world, or God so loved me, that he gave the Holy Spirit. You know, the the purchase, you you think about the, the whole reason Jesus came to this earth is because we'd lost something. We'd lost Access to the love of God. We were no longer experiencing His love. We were separated from His love. That's why Jesus came. Did you know that? That's why He came. To restore His, His wayward sons and daughters. That we could have, we could, we, we could step into His love again. We don't, you don't have to wait till you die. It's not about a length of days. It's about quality of life. It's not about living forever. That's a guarantee. You will live forever. All of us will. We are created as spear beings in the image of God. And you're going to live forever. But are you experiencing His love? And if you're not experiencing His love in this life, you won't in the next life. You won't. Is my mic working? Can you all hear me? Okay. Okay. So... Um, we're talking about God's love tonight, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go back and, this morning I read, um, the, the, the prodigal son from, um, Luke chapter 15, and I'm gonna read it out of the Passion Translation tonight. So just take, just listen up. You can, you know, just check it out on the overhead, or you can just listen carefully to, um, this story. This is the parable of the prodigal. Jesus said once there was a father with two sons. The younger son came to his father and said, Father, don't you think it's time to give me the share of your estate that belongs to me? So the father went ahead and distributed among the two sons their inheritance. Shortly afterward, the younger son packed up all his belongings and traveled off to see the world. He journeyed to a far-off land where he soon wasted all he was given in a binge of extravagant and reckless living. Actually, he played, he played for the NBA. That's what he did. <laughs> With everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry, for there was a severe famine in that land. So he begged a farmer in that country to hire him. So he, he went to, um, you know, he, he lost everything. You know, he, I, I shared this morning, you know, this, this younger son would, would had an inheritance of a third of his dad's estate. And his dad was obviously a wealthy man. He had employees. He had servants. He had a, a farm. He had cattle. And so he was probably a very, a very wealthy landholder worth millions of dollars. And so this son didn't just go waste a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars. He probably wasted several million dollars. He wasted a fortune. 
That, that's, that's, so, you know, there's a point to this story. The point to this story is, is, is you and I, as, as wayward sons and daughters, we've wasted a lot. We wasted our lives. But, you know, that, 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 well, we'll just go ahead and read the rest of the story. So with everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry, for there was a severe famine in that land. So he begged a farmer in that country to hire him. And the farmer hired him and sent him out to feed the pigs. Now that's, that's a big drop from being the, the son of a, a wealthy landholder. And now he's feeding pigs. The son was so famished, he was willing to even eat the slop given to the pigs. Because no one would feed him a thing. Humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing. And he thought there were... Many workers at my father's house who've all, all the food that they want with plenty to spare, and they lack nothing. Why am I here dying of hunger, feeding these pigs and eating their slop? I want to go back home to my father's house, and I'll say to him, Father, I was wrong. I've sinned against you. I'll never be worthy to be called your son, but please, Father, just treat me like one of your employees. So the younger son set off for home from a long distance away. His father saw him coming, dressed as a beggar, and great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son, who was returning home. So the father raced out to meet him. He swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly, and he kissed him over and over with tender love. Then the the son said, Father, I was wrong. I've sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me, the father interrupted and said, son, you're home now. Turning to his servants, the father said, quick, bring me the best robe, my very own robe, and I will place it on his shoulders. Bring me this ring, the seal of sonship, and I'll put it on his finger and bring out the best shoes you can find for my son. Let's prepare a great feast and celebrate for this beloved son of mine was once dead, but now he's alive again. Once he was lost, but now he's found and everyone celebrated with overflowing joy. So I just want to make a, a, a couple of observations about this story tonight. And, and hopefully, you and I can drink tonight from the Father's love. He loves you. He loves me. He loves each one of us. And, you know, the son, the son didn't know about that love when he, was, when he was at home, when he was being raised by his dad. He didn't realize... The father loved him. When he rebelled and went into to a far country, he didn't, he didn't know anything about the father's love. He, he absolutely was clueless to his father's love until he came back and he saw the father face to face. You know, that's, that's how it is with all of us. The father's loved us all along. And we've, you know, we've blamed him for everything. You know, all of us have blamed God for all kinds of stuff. But when we come to our senses and come to the end of our world, we come to a place where we can say, I need you, Lord. So I want, I want to make a couple of observations. First of all, in Luke fifteen twenty, it says, so he came out, he came back to, to his father. And while he was still a long way off, the father saw him, felt compassion for him, ran and embraced him, and he kissed him. So this father, he saw his son. Everyone say he saw his son. So we're, 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 
this, he saw his son in, a, in an unusual way. He saw his son through his eyes of mercy. It wasn't eyes of judgment. But he saw his son through, through the eyes of mercy. Uh, let me give you a, a, a couple of thoughts about that. He sees us. The father looks at us. And he sees each one of us. If you're his, he looks at you and he sees you through the precious blood of Jesus. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our wrongdoings according to the riches of his grace. He doesn't see the sins you committed. He doesn't see, see the lies that you told, the things that you stole, the people that you ripped off. He doesn't see the betrayals. All the adultery, the, the drug addiction, the substance abuse, it's fornication. He doesn't see any of that from your past. All he sees when he looks at you is the precious, precious blood of Jesus. And he sees a washed, white son or daughter of God. He loves us. He loves us totally. He loves us completely. He sees us as sons and daughters. In him... He, in, in love, he predestined us to, to, as, to adoption as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So when he looks, when he looks at you today, he looks at me. He sees the son of God. That's what he sees. He sees the daughter of God. He doesn't see your insecurities. He doesn't see your faults. He doesn't see your lack. All he sees is Jesus. All he sees, this, this is my beloved son. It's just like when he saw Jesus, when, when Jesus was being baptized in the Jordan River. He says, this is my beloved son. When the father saw his son running down, down the, the, the road, he saw his prodigal returning. He didn't see a beggar. He didn't see the pig stained garments. He saw his son washed in the blood and he saw a son of God's. And even beyond that, he saw him in his future glorified condition. He saw him, he saw him seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's what he saw. That's what he sees when he looks at you. So you are a son or a daughter of God. Now, back in this same verse, he says he set out and came to his father. But when he was a long way off, his father saw him and his father felt compassion for him. Everyone say compassion. Now, we don't use this word because this word is actually it would be totally offensive, a politically incorrect word. We, you could never use a word like this in the English language. But the word, the word is actually splag chesnomai. I can't even say it. S-P-L-A-G-C-H-N-I-Z-O-M-A-I. And what it literally means, what it literally means is for your bowels to yearn after something. Your bowels, your intestines. It means that the, the, the deepest part of you is being affected by what you see. That's what, that's what this word was. When the father saw his son, it says he was moved in his bowels. He was, he was, tur- he was torn on the inside. It pained him to see his son dressed like a beggar. It pained him to see his son covered with slop on his clothes. It pained him to see his son in his miserable condition. He was touched by the feeling of his weakness and his hurts. 
So when, when the father, when the father looks at you and he looks at me, he, he's moved with compassion toward us. He, he sees the hurt in your life and he wants to put his hands on you. He wants to love you. He wants to touch you. He wants to heal you. He wants to restore you. So he is moved with compassion. You know, it's like when, um, this word, this word was used several times in the New Testament. The same exact words. And it's, it's, usually translated in modern English Bibles to be moved with compassion. It's described, it's, it describes Jesus many times when he, one particular time it says that he saw a leper. And he saw the leper in this miserable condition that he was in. And Jesus was moved with compassion. You know, so when, when he, when he, when he sees the, the misery, the, the sin and the consequences of sin, He's, he's not repulsed by it, but he's moved with compassion. And he wants to, he sees you as, as, as part of his family, bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. And he wants to restore and make you whole. You know, what, what, tonight, you know, you might be, you, I, I don't know what you're going through. Somebody here tonight might have all sorts of misery going on in your life. You might be ashamed of your misery. You might be ashamed of your your addiction. Maybe you have a, a secret addiction that you don't know, want anyone to know about. Maybe you're addicted to, to pills, or maybe you're addicted to porn, or maybe you're addicted to, to alcohol, and you just don't want anyone to know you because it's, know about it because it's a, a secret sin, and it, it makes you feel, it makes you feel dirty, it makes you feel all alone, it makes you feel miserable. Well, when the Lord looks at you, He's moved. He's moved by that. He's not repulsed by it. He sees your misery. He wants to put his hands upon you. He wants to hold you. He wants to kiss you. He wants to restore you. He wants to, he wants to make you whole. That's what he wants to do. So he was, his father, he was, he had, he had eyes of mercy, bowels of mercy. He had feet of mercy. So he, he, it says he came out, he came to his father, and when he was still far, far away off, his father saw him, and his father began to run. You know, that's a, that's a pretty strange picture. Jesus is telling this story about God. When God ran. When God saw you in your condition, and he ran to meet you. He saw you coming down the roads in your beggar's clothes. And he began to run down the road because he was moved with compassion. He wasn't waiting to hear your story. He didn't want to hear your excuses or song and dance. He just wanted to come and wrap his arms around you and kiss you and love you and heal you and restore you. That's the day that God ran when he saw you coming down the roads. Exodus thirty-three nineteen it says, he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you and be gracious to whom I'll be gracious. And I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Our God is merciful. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. He's not surprised at your past. But, you know, here, here's the amazing thing is when we when we taste of this love, when we taste of this love, it's his love changes us. His love makes us want to live different. His love wants us to, to be different. 
His love not only accepts us, but His love transforms us and makes us into new kinds of people. The love of God. His arms of mercy. He, so the, the Father, um, he, when He saw Him a long way off, His Father saw Him, felt compassion for Him, and He ran and He embraced Him. I love that. You know, I love this. This, this phrase, he embraced him. It's, it's a strange word in, in the Greek. It's epipipto. It's used one other time in the New Testament. The other time it's used, I love this other time that it's used. It's in Acts chapter 11, when Peter was being called on the carpet by the, by the, the leaders of the church in Jerusalem because he'd gone to a Gentile's house and preached. And there had been rumors that they had been baptized and actually spoke in other tongues. So Peter went to explain himself. And he went and he told the story in, in Jerusalem to the church, to the leaders of the church. And um, he said, you remember what happened to us back in the upper room? Well, the Holy Spirit fell on them the same way he fell on us. And the word that he used was, Tackled and embraced. Fell on top and began to hug and embrace. Remember when he fell on us? Remember when we were at the upper room and the whole place was transformed by, by the wind, by the breath of God, and he fell on us? Well, that's what happened. I was in this Gentile's house and as I was beginning to preach, the atmosphere changed and the Holy Spirit came and he fell on them. And he embraced them. His arms. Have you experienced the embrace of God? That's what the anointing is. That's what happens. You know, when people, people criticize us for, for falling on the floor or laying on the floor, all we're doing is being hugged. That's all it is. It's God's love. He falls on us. His blanket falls on us. His love falls on us. Actually, he can't help himself. He can't help himself because he's moved with compassion. He can't help himself because you see, he sees you through the blood of his son. He can't help himself because you're bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. He can't help himself because now you're in his family. And he loves you. You've been purchased with blood. You're not an outsider. That's what, why the Jews were all upset. These are outsiders. Well, they're not outsiders anymore. They've been brought into the family too. They've been washed in the bloods. Neither Jew or Gentile. Neither male or female. Neither Asian, Latino, African, or European. There is no difference before God's. It's one blood, one people. And we are all his family, and He loves us. You know, it's Pentecost is the only solution to the crazy racial drama that's going on in the world today. It's the only solution. Pentecost. There's no other solution. There's no educational solution. There's no woke solution, unless it's woke by the Holy Ghost. There's no solution except the, the Holy Spirit's the love of God, being loved by God, being loved by God, so that you begin to love others the way He loves you. It's the only solution. Yeah, this, 
Anyway, this, 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 this one, this one finishes me off. I'm, I'm going to read this verse out of the Passion. It says, so the young son was, um, had set off for home. From a long distance away, his father saw him coming. His father saw him coming. He was from a long distance away. So, you know, he must have had, that's an interesting statement. From a long distance away, the father saw him coming. So he had to be watching for him. I mean, how did he know? He, you know, he just, I don't know how he knew, but he was watching like he was in a tower or on a balcony or climbed up a tree. He was doing something and he was looking and he saw him a long way off and he saw him dressed as a beggar and great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son who was returning home. So the father raced out to meet him. He swept him up in his arms. He hugged him dearly. And this is the part that gets me. He kissed him. Over and over and over with tender love. I, I, I checked it out. I thought Brian Simmons was being a little drama in this with this. And I checked it out. And it's exactly what it says. There's repetitive kissing. He kissed him. Not just a peck. He, he fell on top of him. And he hugged him. And he began to kiss his stinky son. He didn't even wait for him to get a shower or a bath. He, because he didn't care. His son was lost, but now he's found. Now here's the, here's the deal. We are, we are that son. All of us. We are that son. We are that daughter. We are that wayward son. We are that wayward daughter. And he loves us. 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 It's unconditional. It's not based on your performance. He just loves you because he decided to. It's what electing love is all about. He didn't look for something special in you. He just picked the worst of the lot and said, I love you. I love you. See that one over there eating pig food. I love that one right there. I love that one. And I'm going to transform that one. I'm going to liberate that one. I'm going to heal that one. I'm going to make that one my, my testimony. So regardless of what kind of, what kind of version your pig slop was, whether it was prostitution, whether it was heroin, whether it was pride, whether it was arrogance, Regardless of what it was, whatever kind of pig slop you were eating, it doesn't matter. He loves you. He loves and he loves and he loves and he loves. Now that's what you want the, the Holy Spirit. If you can connect the dots of what I'm saying tonight. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is the hugs and kisses of the Father. That's what that is. That's him loving us. That's what he wants to do. That's, that's his embrace. He's very real. He's, he's, a, he's a lover. He's an absolute lover. He's compassionate. He's kind. He's generous. He's tender. He's pure. He's holy. He's kind. And he's near. He's nearer than you can ever know. He's been watching for you from his perspective. And all he's looking for is just 
a slight turn toward His direction. Open your hearts. Open your hearts. Listen to me. Open your hearts. Open your hearts. Don't look at other people and the way they receive or the way they don't receive. Doesn't matter the way someone else receives or doesn't receive. Open your hearts. You know, it's like a, a kiss. If you haven't figured it out yet, you close your eyes, right? You don't sit there and look. You close your eyes. You don't sit there and try to examine the way someone kisses. Or the way they hug. All you do is just say, yes, I surrender, I surrender. I give myself to you, Lord. I give myself to you. I give myself to you. And, and we don't, we don't, we're not in the business of, of judging the way people respond to the Lord or the way they don't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He, all he wants is response. The one thing he doesn't like is like a cold fish. That's what he doesn't like. He wants, what is he after? What is he after? What is he after? What is he after? He's after your love. That's all he's after. That's all he's ever been after. He's after your heart. That's all he wants. You thought it was your money or your talent. He's not. He can make more of all of that. He's a lover. He's after your heart. He doesn't need your money. He doesn't need your money and he doesn't need your talents. He needs you is what he needs. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He's hopelessly in love with you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And if you'll turn toward him, he can't, he can't help himself. He'll pour out his love. He'll pour out his love on you. Visit our website at www.victorychurchnola.com for service times and more information. 